Well, we're going to start things off on part two. Um, we're talking today about words that bring life. And the first part, we talked about how words can bring life or words can bring death. But to get to the root of things, we must first realize who is the word. We've talked about words, but we can't, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about who is the word. The word. The word. We must first realize that Jesus is the word. Amen. In John 1.14, it says, and the word was made flesh. I love this because in the King James Version, it says, and the word was made flesh. I never noticed it until a while back where the word, word, <laughs> hang, bear with me here, is capitalized. Hmm. W-O-R-D in John 1.14 in the King James is capitalized. Mm. And the word, that means a proper noun. That's Jesus. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. And the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Praise he God. is the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. His words are life. Mm -hmm. They speak life to you. Think of all the times when Jesus was in his earthly ministry, when he would speak a word, and the lame were healed, the blind received sight, and the deaf received their hearing, ability to hear. The Bible is, you know, we're never going to say anything against the Bible, but we are going to say there's more. The Bible is an awesome book. It is my favorite book of every single book I've ever read. I love it. Um, but there's more. There's more. And that's where we want to encourage you and challenge you to get the more. Continue with what you're doing, but get the more. And um, many say that the Word of God is the Bible, but I say it's much more. Here is Here's, we're going to just do a short little, tiny little short history lesson on the Bible. Some of this stuff may be news to you. You, you may not have known this. Um, we're not here to prove anything. We're just here to present some facts. Marcion of Sinope was the first Christian leader to record history <laughs> and it's funny, in parentheses, it says, though later considered heretical, <laughs> <laughs> to propose and delineate a unique Christian canon. And that was, believe this or not, A.D. 140. Mm -hmm. This included ten epistles from Paul, as well as an edited version of the Gospel of Luke, which today is known as the Gospel of Marcion. A period of 40 years separates the death of Jesus from the writing of this first gospel. Now let's move up to 1611. Okay, so we're moving up many, many, many years. But 1611, um, the King James or authorized version of the Bible remains the most widely published text in the English language. It was the work of around 50 scholars who were appointed in 1604 by King James. Now think about this for a second. We went from 
We went from uh, 140 A.D. to 1604 when King James appointed these 50 men. And why weren't there any women? <laughs> Boy, I'm controversial today. <laughs> but anyway, um, 50 men. Let me proceed. In 1604, England's King James authorized this new translation of the Bible aimed at settling some thorny religious differences in his kingdom, in King James's kingdom. Now, I hope you're getting what I got when I read this. And solidifying his own power. I mean, you can look this up. Again, these are not our opinions. These are facts that you can go. It's history. His story. <laughs> okay. But in seeking to prove his own supremacy, King James ended up democratizing the Bible instead. I mean, we're not here to offend. We're just giving you the facts that you can look up for yourself. Democratize. What does that mean? I didn't know what it meant. Democratize means making something accessible to everyone. If you look in Acts, I don't know the chapter and verse, um, you'll see that the Greek word Passover in the King James was translated Easter. And let me just tell you that um, the reason it, it was mistranslated was because there was a big group of druids in that area and this word easter was to appease and we got easter coming up to appease the druids but it was mis it was mis and translated it the word if you look it up in the greek it's passover easter appears one time in the king james and i don't see it in any other translation yeah i was just thinking as you were reading and you made that comment about the women uh kind of tickled me but as it tickled me, so did the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, see, there was already a controversy um, because they wrote in there that women were to be silent in the church. Right. And that's the reason why uh, none of the women— King James thought that? <laughs> and that's the reason why no women, to my knowledge, was involved in writing the Scriptures. But when Jesus walks the earth and he speaks to Paul, Paul says, there's, neither, uh, there's no distinguishing between Jew nor Greek— Male or female. Right. In other words, they're all one spirit and the same in the eyes of God. That's grace. But the Bible said the women are to be silent. But Jesus said, I don't know gender, I, male, female. I will speak to a woman, I'll speak to a man. So you have a controversy right there. And they also made God man. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Father, you know. Yeah. And, and I mean, I have no problem with that, but I'm just saying that God is spirit. Mm-hmm. And when and, and when we're in the heavenly realms, there is no male or female. It is spirit. You are spirit. Spirit to God spirit. God is spirit. Yeah. No gender at all. Please don't turn us off. <laughs> <laughs> Keep listening, please, please, please. Anyway, so the Bible's origin is both human and divine. Wow. Mm. That, that might get someone upset, but think about it. Fifty men... And there, there were so many other people involved from 
100, 140 A.D. to 16... 1,500 years later, basically. 1,500 years later. So anyway, the Bible's narratives, poems, histories, letters, prophecies, and other writings come from a profound collaboration between humanity and God. I don't think that's hard to receive, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's the way man perceives God. Yeah. Yeah. So when we sit down to read the Bible, it opens us to the living word that resides in us. Some people, I mean, I, when I was new in the Lord, I would read the Bible. And I couldn't get anything out of it. Uh, you know, and so the more you read it, the more you get close to God, the more it's going to come alive inside of you. And the Lord speaks to us with a now living word. You don't need to watch the bad news out there on channel whatever. He brings the good news. Amen. Always the good news, not the bad news. We get enough bad news here on the earth. When we get a little more mature in the Lord, this is interesting. When we you know, we've all experienced this. When we get a little more mature in the Lord, God will speak a word to us, maybe in our quiet time or maybe driving down the road. And then we know that's in the Bible. And then we go back and we look it up in the scriptures. So again, God speaks and he's not a, he's a multidimensional God. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, Jim, 2 Corinthians 3, chapter 3, verse 2 and 3 just summarizes what we're saying beautifully I, I it just when I read it I went oh my gosh this is awesome and it is for your very lives are our letters of recommendation I love that translation permanently engraved on our hearts yeah, we are the epistles of God yes what the Bible says we are living epistles right. recognized and read by everybody mm-hmm. you're recognizing and reading. Those engraved words on our hearts today. Verse 3, as a result of our ministry, you are living letters written by Christ. Not with ink, Mm -hmm. but by the Spirit of the living God. We could all sit down, Rich, and write our own book of Acts. Yes. We really could. Absolutely, we're you know, doing it. The journey, yeah, the journey that God has taken us on. Yeah, we yeah. can sit down right. You know, and if you want to canonize it, it's the book of Jim Wilson. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> so it's not not with ink, but by the Spirit of the Living God, not carved onto stone tablets, but on the tablets of our tender hearts. That's right. That's Your heart has to be tender to receive this. Verse 4, we carry this confidence in our hearts because of our union with Christ before God. Boy, is that powerful. The King James, I love what it says here. The King James part of it says, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. Bill Johnson says, if you know Bill Johnson, wonderful man of God, says the testimony of Jesus is spoken or written record of anything God has done. 
That testimony is the spirit or the anointing of prophecy. What is prophecy? Prophecy either foretells the future or brings a change to the present. And as we said before, if you have a prophetic anointing on you, the most important thing you can do is lead people to the Lord so that they can hear for themselves. In Deuteronomy 30:14 it says on the contrary the word this is old testament Jim this is law stuff yeah, on the contrary the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may follow it Where does it say it's in the book I don't see it I don't see it First Peter says being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible how by the word of god mm-hmm. which liveth and abideth forever forever in you in you yeah, yeah. it's an inside job you got any poems or anything that uh, you want to share well i i have a little word here several years ago uh rich first off when when i got saved um i saw the lord in a hotel room and he spoke to me, he said, you've been forgiven, now go walk in love. Um, and, of course, I, you know, was in the church, and, and I, I was always hearing about the importance of the Bible and the Scriptures, because I was in a, a building for a lot of years that my mother raised me in, that, that the Bible was really not... Uh, to be read. That, yeah, that highly spoken of. They had their own versions and their own teachings and books and so on and so forth. Um, but... Uh, I know after I got saved, uh, I know for five years, I'm not exaggerating and I'm not boasting, but for probably for the first five years, I spent about five hours a day, seven days a week, in the scriptures, in the Bible. Five hours a day, seven days a week. I've been self-employed all my life. I could go in my office and I could spend a lot of time reading in my office. But anyway, the Lord spoke to me several years back and he said, I'm going to give you a prayer and I want you to pray this prayer. And I feel led to share it with you. And and it's very simple, just a one-liner. And it goes like this. And, of course, every time the Lord, many times when the Lord speaks to me, it rhymes and it's in harmony and it comes in poetry form, okay? There's even a scripture in the Bible that says, you are God's poetry. Isn't there, Rich? Yes. It says you are God's poetry. Yes. So I even ask the Lord when, uh, when I get quiet and all of a sudden like a ticker tape running through me, I can hear his voice and it's always coming out in a rhyming, harmonious way. And I said, why is it that you speak to me in rhymes like this, Lord? And he said, well, son, a lot of my people don't realize that when they get quiet, I bring your spirit up into the heavenlies and I speak with you face to face. It's my spirit speaking to your spirit. And in the heavens... Everything rhymes, and everything is in harmony. <clears throat> I said, okay, I'll buy that. But he said, I want you to pray a prayer. And it goes like this. Lord, take me into the heavenlies, into the realm of the spirit world, so I can see the new kingdom day that's dawning in me. And I believe that the Lord is encouraging all his people now. And this is going to sound foreign to a lot of our listeners, I believe, Rich. I believe God is calling us up into the heavenlies, um, which is, you know, when we talk about walking in the Spirit, that's what the Lord's talking about. He's talking about walking in a consciousness of Him on a daily basis. And as you do that, God will take your spirit, rapture your spirit, 
resurrect your spirit, take it up into a heavenly realm. I know that in much of our teaching, and I, I belong to several churches in, in my journey so far, and most of the time I'm taught to, you know, get saved, praise God, uh, and then hold out, hold out as best you can until you die, and then you'll go into the heavenlies, and then you can receive your inheritance. But I hear the Lord saying, no, you can receive your inheritance right now because I am your inheritance. It isn't necessarily streets of gold in a big mansion. I'll give you all that just to spend 10 minutes in his presence, okay? Because he is heavenly. He is heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ is heaven. So, Lord, take us into the heavenlies that we can see this new kingdom day that is now breaking and dawning in me. Because there is a dawning of a new day that's going on in the earth today. I speak that, I believe, prophetically. Uh, Moses, even in the Old Testament, said something very interesting. He said, ought not all of God's people be prophets? Mm -hmm. Moses spoke to the people and said, you all should be prophets. You all should have the ability to hear the voice of God. But Moses probably didn't realize, but he was prophesying for our day. He was prophesying a word out of the New Testament because in the Old Testament they were under the law and it was all written on tablets of stone. In the New Testament, like Brother Rich said out of the Scriptures, God now speaks to us and writes his word in our very heart. And Paul says, you are the very epistles now, living epistles, not a dead letter in a book. You are the living epistles of God. And that's been Rich and I's prayer for years now is that we could bring the living word to you instead of just come, give you a whole lot of scriptures, which is wonderful. I'm still in the scriptures now on a daily basis. But we need, God's people needs to hear the living word because there's great healing for the soul and the body in hearing the living word. There's only one word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And, and that's the word we've got to hear, the living word. And it's being made flesh in us right now. It's being made flesh in us right now. Amen. We are available for uh, anybody to contact us at uh, kingdombuilding73 at gmail.com. Uh, as far as our podcasts, um, you can receive those anywhere you get a podcast. Um, but also, if you hear a poem or you hear something that uh, you have uh, want further clarification, it speaks to you, but you'd like a copy of it, uh, just just drop us a line at uh, kingdombuilding73 at gmail.com. And so, as we wind this thing down, Jim, um, I found this scripture in 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, John speaking here, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands. The disciples did all that. You know, Jesus said, hey, blessed are you, but blessed are those that haven't had that opportunity to do what John's talking yes. about right here in John 1 1 but it goes on to say concerning the word of life now think about this just for a second here it's talking about natural senses that John is speaking to he's speaking about hearing he's speaking about seeing 
with the, with his eyes, and he's talking about touching with his hands. Let me read it again and, and pick up on those three senses. That which was from the beginning, Jesus was <laughs> not created. He, he, he came to earth as a created. He made the beginning. <laughs> yes. So anyway, it says, from the beginning, which we have heard, there's your ear, which we have seen or with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. Jim, I believe we're in a time now where we need, we have five natural senses and we have five spiritual senses. Right, and right. we need to right. activate exercise and exercise senses, our said. spiritual yeah. senses right. so that we can hear without right. an audible right. voice coming forth, that we can see without opening our eyes to see a, a you know whatever forms that you're looking at and to be able to touch think about that it even goes on and psalm says taste and see that god is good yeah and you can and so we just need take this as a challenge i challenge myself every day lord open my spiritual senses because that's reality what you see here on this earth is temporary Mm -hmm. What you see, hear, touch, taste in heaven is eternal. It's for everything. We've been saying for weeks here to keep your eyes on, keep your eyes above, not below. Yeah. You make the main thing the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing, I always hear an individual say. Yeah, another short little poem here, Rich, uh, where the Lord gave me in my quiet time. The poem is titled, Be Still and Know That yes. I Am God in Thee. That I Am God in Thee. In us. Yeah, so, and the poem goes like this. Sometimes it seems so difficult to understand the vastness of the Father's plan. And here's what the Holy Spirit's saying to us. But if you will get quiet and still, he will take you up into a heavenly hill, a place where few, only few have been. A place you only find within. You find it within yourself. For you see it truly is the Father's will to have you walk in peace and still. For only then can the world see the loving manifestation of the Father in thee. So wow. be still and know that I am God in thee. Praise the Lord. Well, when we talked about um, the word of life, we, we talked earlier about Rhema. The word Logos is the name or title of Jesus Christ. Literally means reasonable speech, or as we may say, the reasonable thought or word. So basically, when we're talking about, um, there is no name greater under heaven or earth that uh, than than the name of the Lord mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. So, um, you know, when we're talking about Rama, we said in the beginning that Rama was that which is or has been uttered by the living voice. And the title of of our program is "Words That Bring Life." Words that bring life. So what is our responsibility in all this? Well, first of all, listen for those words of life that he's going to speak to you.
God, I'm sorry, but I don't think God speaks words of death. Do you, Jim? No, there's no, no. I come that you might have life. Right. There is no death in him. And have it more abundantly. Yeah. He wants to speak life yeah, into abs- you. And absolutely. if you need a good infusion of life spoken to you, get still. Right. Amen. Get still. Open your hearts to him. Go to the fountain of life. Go to the fountain yeah. of life. That's that's where the living mm-hmm. word is. And he even said that out of your belly, mm-hmm. you know, he puts it in. Mm-hmm. But he expects us to to share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and out of our innermost be- being will will be rivers of living water coming forth. So when he puts it in, just like grace, he puts grace in you, he wants to see grace come out of you. He puts the living water into you, he wants to see the w- living water come out of you. Um, Hebrews 11.3 says, Through faith we understand that the world's were framed by the word of God. Think about that. Didn't, didn't the word of God say, let there be light? And there was light. Mm-hmm. Everything was created here on earth by a word. The word of life. In John 10.10 10, it says, but I have come to give you everything, just what Jim was saying, everything in abundance. He wants to give us everything in abundance. And you know that abundance is all good. More than you can expect. Life in its fullest until you overflow. And the last scripture I've got, Jim, is holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. That I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. That's Paul talking. That, you know, the word of life was in Paul. He wrote two-thirds of the Bible. He understood what grace was because he needed a lot of it. You may be out there saying, well, all this sounds good, but you have no idea what I did. Let me tell you something. Forgiveness is yours. Forgiveness is yours. The Bible even says that he doesn't even remember. So guess what? If someone keeps telling you about your sin, you need to remind them, look, he does not impute your trespasses against you. He doesn't even remember. It's as far as the east is from the west. No condemnation. God wants you to live that abundant life where you are free. Amen. To worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. I'm debating between two poems. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Read them both. We, well, okay. we'll take it. Well, since you talked about a river that flows, there was a, a, a poem that the Lord gave me, and, and it goes like this. Go with the river, which is the spirit the Lord's talking about. Flow in the river. For the river knows from where it flows. Of course it does, because it flows out of Christ's throne, and it flows into our heart. For the river knows from where it flows. The river knows just where to go, where to lead and guide you. For if you flow with the river within, you will have my strength, my power, and my might. And it will keep you from the power of the night, which is confusion and darkness and fear. With And as you flow with the river within, it will keep you safe from the deceitfulness of sin, 
sinful appetites. And there are no valleys too low that the river cannot lift you and continue to flow. And there are no mountains that are too high that the river can't lift you as high as the sky. So keep your focus on the river within, which is Christ in you. Then there will be an abundant entrance into my kingdom therein. Beautiful. You want to go to the other one? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. The other one says this, and I think this is very appropriate here too, Rich. This is the hour of my visitation. Mm. The hour has come for my visitation, so open wide your heart with no hesitation. For I desire to sit down and be seated in your life. Then you will become my cutting knife. Cutting knife to cut away the flesh of the heart that it will bring about for my people a brand new start and a brand new heart. So they can see my new day and bring them back who have gone astray. For the day is upon them for a brand new start. The day is upon them to receive this new heart. A heart that cries, Abba, before my throne. And a heart that cries, Father, I want to be shown. I want to be shown this way of life, that it will raise me high above the fray and the strife. For I long for my home in heaven, that I can see the manifest Son that you're calling me to be. Beautiful, beautiful. Just remember, we love you, and we would definitely uh, like to hear from you at kingdombuilding73 at gmail.com. God bless.